to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Roswell Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to be in worship with you this morning. I want you to know that at the 11 a.m. service, we're going to be ordaining and installing our new class of elders. These are the folks who are responsible for servant leadership here at the church, leading us over the next three years to the ministry and mission that God calls us to. Please be in prayer for them. And then I want you to know that every Monday from about noon to 12.30, we're doing what we're calling closing the distance conversations, where the preaching pastor from the previous day is uh, talking with uh, another pastor about the themes and subject matters of the day's sermon. And hopefully we're going to engage some themes and subjects, answer some questions that maybe we didn't get to during the sermon. It's totally unscripted, off the cuff, which is obvious. So it's a, little, it's a lot of fun. We're having a good time with it. If you don't tune in, we're also publishing it in our podcast feeds. You can find those on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So I uh, just want you to know that those opportunities are there for you. Today we continue our sermon series, Wise Up. Looking at the wisdom literature from the Old Testament. What does it mean to cultivate wisdom in our lives? How can we become wise people so that we might flourish, that our community might flourish, that our world might flourish? Today we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. This is a famous, um, there's a famous song that was actually written by Pete Seeger where he quotes this. And the birds famously uh, performed it. I, on the other hand, will not be singing it, so... We're all thankful for that. Listen for the word of the Lord. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask that in the next few moments you might be our teacher. You might teach us how to cultivate wisdom, your wisdom in our lives, Lord. Now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What time is it? Growing up, I was obsessed with NBA basketball and not much has changed. But I was especially fascinated as a young kid with the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. Every Tuesday and Friday nights, TNT and TBS would play the Bulls, and I was there watching. I loved watching those games. I would watch and read anything I could find about Jordan. I read the Jordan rules about how if you're really good at something, they make special rules for you. I watched 1989's documentary, Come Fly With Me, where the interviewer asked Jordan, 
says, do you think you can really fly? And Jordan humbly says, if only for just a few brief seconds, yes. Or the very next year, Michael Jordan's Playground. Great documentary. And I just loved it. And one of the features of these documentaries is they'd often show the Chicago Bulls before the game in the tunnel in a huddle. And they'd all have their hands in the middle. And then one of the players, usually Randy Brown, would yell out, what time is it? And then the whole team would go, game time. Right now, I just sent it to tingles up my my spine. It was just electric. It was so awesome. There was this verbal declaration that we're all in this together. We know why we're here. We know what is required of us. We're ready to get the job done. What time is it? If it's game time, you best be ready to play. Being a wise person often has to do with knowing what time it is. As the writer of Ecclesiastes begins, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. In our passage today, this wise writer gives a list of opposites. The wise sage has looked out at the world, observed that there's certain times that certain activities are required of us. A time to be born, and yes, a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck what has been planted. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to keep, and a time to throw away. The writer goes on at length. The writer knows that the wise person knows when which activity is required. The wise person knows what time it is and what to do. For there is a right time for everything under heaven. For instance, there are times to keep and a time to throw away. If you filed your taxes, you know, hold on to those documents for how long? Three years, in case you get audited. Hold on to them. It's a time to keep. Now that fraternity souvenir beer cup that you have stacked in your basement, time to throw away, your wife says. It's important to know what time it is, because if you forget the time, it can cause big problems in your life. I try to be a conscientious person. I try to be prompt, on time to meetings, show up when I'm asked. But sometimes I've forgotten what time it is. Sometimes I've even really embarrassed myself. There was this summer that I wanted to intern at Nassau Presbyterian Church in Princeton, New Jersey when I was in seminary. And it was just this extremely cool historic church. It had this really famous, legendary pastor named Dave Davis. I wanted to study under him. I was going to steal all his sermons so I could re-preach him. It was going to be awesome. And I emailed his assistant, and I set up a time for me to go in and have a meeting with him. I wanted to introduce myself, see if I could be an intern. Well, she put it on his calendar, and I can just imagine Dave was sitting in his office in his study, looking at his Outlook calendar, and he's, he's looking at it and saying, I can't wait to meet this Jeff Myers. Problem is, I forgot. I didn't show up. What was I doing? I took a nap. And when I woke up, I was absolutely mortified. Needless to say, I did not get the internship. Don't forget the time. Keep a calendar. 
Set an alarm. Ask someone to remind you. Pay attention to what time it is. Remember to ask yourself, what time is it? Why do people most forget to pay attention to the time? Usually we're distracted. And usually we're distracted in one of two ways. We're distracted thinking and obsessing about the past or we're obsessed thinking about the future. See, often we get locked in a past and often this can happen in negative ways. Often we're thinking about somebody who did us wrong, who's angry with us, who mistreated us, and we get obsessed with that and then we go forward and treat people poorly. Why? Because we pay it forward because we were treated poorly. Because we can't leave the past behind. The other side, we get obsessed with the future. We all know those people. One day I'm going to start a business. One day I'm going to learn to play the piano like Trenton. One day I'm going to volunteer in the youth ministry. One day, one day, one day. And that day never comes. Don't let yourself get distracted from the future. And miss out on today. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. I've learned a lot about living in the present moment from the existentialist and Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard, who once wrote, life can only be understood looking backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Life must, must only be understood looking backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Learn from your life in the past, but don't get trapped there. Live today. Carpe diem. Seize the day. Move into the future, but don't get obsessed with the future that you forget about today. One of my favorite words in the English language is velleity, V-E-L-L-E-I-T-Y. It's the lowest form of human volition or willfulness. Basically, the idea is, if the world was such and such, I would do this. Or if people were like this, then I would do this. We always wait for something to be different, and so we never act. It's the lowest form of volition. You can't wait around for things to be different. Live today with the fullest because you can't predict the future. You don't know what tomorrow will bring or next year. I love the reminder of Atlanta's famous philosophers, Outcast, and their song, Miss Jackson, who famously said, you, you can plan a perfect picnic, but you can't predict the weather. Good point, guys. You can plan a perfect picnic, but you can't predict the weather. You don't know what tomorrow will, will bring, so act today. Know what time it is. This requires wisdom. Now, there are a lot of religious traditions that assume that there is only one right way to, to act or one path to do things. And if you do it exactly right, if you have the, the right instructions, the right roadmap, you can make your life perfect. But that's not how life works. Oftentimes we have to make lemonade out of lemons. We have to do the best we can with what we have. We have to get by. It's interesting, in his first letter to the church in Corinth, the Apostle Paul begins it by talking about two forms of wisdom. He says that Jesus reveals to us the wisdom of God. This is contrary, he says, to the wisdom of the world. And he actually puts a finer point on it. He says, the wisdom of the Greeks. He's got in mind Aristotle, Socrates, Plato. 
He says, because what God has done in Jesus Christ, he says, is foolishness to the Greeks. You'd never dream it up this way. That God, the God of the cosmos, would take on human flesh, suffer and die and be raised three days later. That's the wisdom of God, he says, and that wisdom surprises us. And Jesus reveals the wisdom of God, but here's the thing. If you read the New Testament, you read the Gospels, you see that Jesus acts differently in different situations. He's different. I, I wrote down some examples. Sometimes he's a total extrovert. Loves being around people, hanging out, having a great time. Other times, total introvert. Goes off into the wilderness by himself. He's time alone. Sometimes he dramatically heals people. But guess what? He didn't heal all the paralyzed folks in Palestine. Sometimes they run out of wine at the wedding. He wants to keep the party going. He does a miracle, sign, creates more wine. Other times, he's got more teetotaling tendencies. <laughs> Jesus, at times, shows real toughness with people, tells them a tough truth. At other times, shows kindness and compassion. Remarkable. I could go on and on with examples. Jesus reveals the wisdom of God, and it took different forms in different times and different places. How do you know what to act in a certain time, in a certain place? Through wisdom and what is the goal of wisdom? We see Jesus, he points it out. The ends of wisdom are love. To love God and to love one another. Wisdom serves the purposes of love, of charity, to love others. And the goal of the human, one of the goals of the human life is to grow in wisdom over the course of our lives. And this can be very difficult as we age, as we mature. We are going to address our lives in different ways as we mature. Henry David Thoreau once wrote, The youth gets together his materials to build a bridge to the moon, or perchance a palace or temple on the earth. And at length, the middle-aged man concludes to build a woodshed with them. A writer commented, And that is a come-down that is not easily digested. Wisdom means being able to step away from our lives and get perspective, to know what we need to do, to understand our moment, to seize it. As young people, we have certain things, there's a certain way of being in the world, and as you mature and grow older, there are different ways to be. One of the best books I've read over the past few years, and you need to write this down, by Ronald Roldheiser. His, the book's title is Sacred Fire, A Vision for a Deeper Human and Christian Maturity. It's one of these books that you read it and it's like saying obvious stuff that you'd never thought about before. <laughs> Holy cow! He writes, The human soul is like a fine wine that needs to ferment in various barrels as it ages and mellows. The wisdom for this is written everywhere, in nature, in scripture, in spiritual traditions, and in what is best in human science. And that wisdom, that wisdom, is generally learned in the crucible of struggle. Growing up and maturing is precisely a process of fermentation. It does not happen easily without effort and without breakdown. But it happens almost despite us. Because such is the effect of a conspiracy between God and nature to mellow the soul. At another point in the book, he says, We spend the first half of our lives struggling with the sixth commandment. Thou shalt not commit adultery. 
Then we spend the second half of our lives struggling with the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill. He says, as, as youth, we have this fire and passion to accomplish things, goals, drive. But as we age, some of those goals don't come to fruition. We don't achieve everything that we wanted. And some people turn to anger. And we have to learn to accept that with what he calls the mellowness of soul. That we are who God has created us to be. That we've cultivated wisdom. See, because what the moment requires of us is difficult to discern. And so we need to cultivate wisdom that serve the ends of love. The trick is knowing what is required in a certain moment. Sometimes it's required to take a nap. and other, you're required to go to a meeting. Is it a time to think about the future or is it a time to act now? Is it, is it a time to think about the past or is it a, try, a time to try something new today? Whatever time it is, wisdom ought to serve the ends of love, to love God and to love one another. What time is it? It's game time. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the wisdom you've revealed in Jesus Christ that was foolishness to the wisdom of the world. Lord, we pray that we might cultivate wisdom, that this church, this community might be a place where we help each other grow and mature, that we cultivate wisdom for the flourishing of ourselves, for the flourishing of our church and community, and Lord, for the flourishing of the entire world. In your name we pray, amen. been listening to the RPC Sermons podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.